the road that you're building is 100% worth it. Don't ever let anyone tell you that you can do it because if you want to, then there's nothing else stopping you. I get messages where it's like, hey, I've seen you be like, you know, very feminine and you're in construction and like, I've been inspired. I just signed myself up for trade schools. and like, it's okay to not be okay. You know, they're proud to say that there's a woman that built their house. No, like this shouldn't be going on anymore. Like people should just be able to go at a job and be who they are. That's my guest, Sasha Cassis, Framer, currently out of BC, laying it down and keeping it real. She's got big ideas for a new business and the gravitas to do it and so much more. I hope you guys stick around. Here's a couple more bites. Join us for the rest of the pod. What makes it really easy about working with your partner, I think, is especially as nomadic carpenters, is that you just go from place to place together. Don't have to be like, well, I'm, I need to move here for work. And then it kind of becomes an issue if you guys aren't working at the same place sometimes. Makes it really fun to feel that way. So like, I'm definitely going to aim the name of my company where it attracts people to be like, okay, this is somewhere I'm going to feel comfortable. This is a place where I'm going to feel safe. You need mental health days sometimes. Like sometimes it's not even safe for you to go to work when you are going through too much. I don't need you to toughen me up. I don't need that. It's like telling someone to toughen up. It's just like basic time them to shut up and keep them promising themselves it needs a lot of pre-organization to be able to get some work done here you can't uh just be like oh i'm gonna build a house and you know there's no forklift or anything like that on the island as well so like when you're doing a two-story house it's all hand lifted and such like everything's lifted by hand the higher you walk around with your head up the more people have respect and the more they kind of feel like okay let's i got as much as a place here as you do and if not more so should I speak up or should I keep my mouth shut? It's like, speak up, speak up. Cause they're never going to stop if you don't. Oh, I yeah. second guess the skill. Like, oh, hammer, hammer team. Okay. I should have said okay. hammer Welcome back, everyone. My next guest is a self-described nomadic carpenter and advocate for women in trades. I'm not sure where she calls home uh, and not quite sure where she's calling from, but let me please introduce Sasha Cassis. Hey, Sasha. Hi, everyone. Uh, so Sasha Cassis is here. Um, calling from Saturna Island currently, which is this 26 square kilometer island in uh, the Southern Gulf Islands between Canada and the US. So I live surrounded by the ocean and this is where I build homes and do carpentry. Uh, recently though, you haven't been home. I, I saw you've been winter surfing. What's up with yes. that? Okay, so uh, there's this place that's uh, about, I mean, four hours with the ferry ride and such that we go it's called Tofino it's a pretty popular place for people from BC and even around Canada um this is one of like the basically you would call Canada's tropical where they have amazing waves during the summer they get a little bit smaller during the winter they get nice and big some days are a little past my expertise but uh it's mm. definitely fun to get out there and it's fun to be able to do it all year round so 
those are one of the things that me and my partner like to do together. We just kind of leave the house on the weekends, go camping, go surfing, and we it's a really fun time. Yeah, I saw this picture of you surfing and I was looking in the background and I was like, wait a minute, those aren't palm trees. <laughs> no, uh, that absolutely. It's like a temperate not. rainforest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, there's, it doesn't snow very often in Tofino, but it does happen and mm -hmm. people still go surfing. You get the proper gear and you can totally get through it. The last time I went, I did freeze my feet really good. The, got some funny colors going but mm. uh they're recovering well so made it out alive that's the most important part i think yeah we've got a pretty hardcore crew of alaskans that does some winter surfing uh down southeast getting out on the weekends is super important so you are you're working with your partner your boyfriend um yes. and you guys are kind of running a business together what what's well, the deal there uh, so sometimes we uh, work for under certain companies. Sometimes we do work on our own. Currently, we are working with another company, which just kind of makes it easier when you're on a, such a small island, you team up together, and that's the biggest way of doing it. Um, but I mean, we work with one other guy, really. So mm -hmm. <laughs> that's about it. Um, what makes it really easy about working with your partner, I think, is especially as nomadic carpenters, is that you just go from place to place together. Whereas, like, you can't be, you don't have to be like, well, I'm, I need to move here for work, and then it kind of becomes an issue if you guys aren't working at the same place sometimes. But um, yeah, that's probably the big upside is that we work around the same schedule and stuff. Uh, it makes it really fun. Obviously, there's conflicts. I mean. That's just any coworker, I think. Um, we're like, so we keep work at work, keep home at home. Basically, that's our number one rule. Um, but yeah, it's really fun. It makes it really easy. And it's a really cool experience, honestly. I never thought that I would uh, be able to work with my fiance, but he makes it pretty easy and he's an amazing mentor. That's fantastic. Sometimes, like, like I said, just like anybody at work like whether you're in a relationship or not we definitely get into arguments we definitely yell at each other it's just part i think of what comes with the construction industry like you get heated and like you spend so much time together but when we get home we obviously just laugh about it so much but also what's the cool part is like getting home together and being able to talk about work so like before going to bed sometimes i'll be like okay, so tomorrow morning, you got to start putting down the plates and start cutting up the studs. And like, this is kind of stuff you organize mm. before going to bed, which is probably not something you're going to call your coworker at 9.30 in the, in the, at night and be like, yeah, dude, okay, this is what you need to do tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, we talk about while cooking eggs in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I tried to never call my crew at 9.30 at night to tell them what they were doing in the morning. No, <laughs> yeah, I, thought you I might not have a crew. I might not have a crew if I did that. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> Tell me more about the nomadic part of your. So it, I guess I can start off at point A to make this more simple. We used to live in a house in Abbotsford, BC and man rent. Oh, and like the West coast of BC is just out of this world. So basically we're like, okay, you know what? We're going to start the RV life. We are going to move into an RV and go from there. And then like we were working basically in all the towns around Vancouver and such while living in the RV, living from campground to campground. And then 
we started getting jobs in different towns. So that's kind of how it started. And then we moved from one town to the other, went to Squamish, which is near Whistler, which is also a really touristic place, kind of like a dream place to be. Then went to Vancouver Island. We lived in Tofino, whereas we really picked up surfing while we lived in Tofino for a whole summer. Went to Salt Spring Island, worked in Victoria, Duncan, all around Vancouver Island. Um, sometimes with different companies, sometimes uh, like with different contractors and such. And sometimes we actually had worked with one crew that that's kind of what they specialized in was working in remote areas, which was a really cool experience as well. And we kind of got hooked on moving around and I don't know when we're going to stop, honestly. Mm -hmm. We've been on Saturna for a year now and that's the longest we've been in a place in the past five years. And that's like, we're kind of getting on the ready to move in the next couple of months now. So we're pretty excited at our next adventure. We just bought a travel trailer that we're going to be moving back into. So really excited about that. Now, are you guys like subcontractors or how does your, how does that all work with what you're doing? Or well, you right now on we, your own? So right now we are working hourly actually. Um, for other work, we usually subcontract, but it really depends on where we are. So right now we are working hourly on payroll and it makes it a lot easier just because we're not going to be here for that long as well. So it really depends on the job that we're going at. Whereas we're about to build a house in a couple of weeks and that's going to be a subcontracted house. And you guys, you guys will be the, the sub the framing subs. Yes. Yeah. We're going to okay. be framing the house and putting it on the roof. Okay. Uh, and then do, do you guys have a company name or. No, actually, we didn't get to that point yet. We've okay. been talking about it a lot and uh, we are going to be mm. moving to a town this summer. And uh, I think that's where we're going to be putting everything up. Gotcha. You're going to be building a house on this island in a couple of weeks. Um, what, what is the logistics of getting everything there? Um, so actually, this house that we're going to be building uh, is actually on the main island. So that's going to be a lot easier. So for that, like all the, like the lumber, like there's a bunch of lumber shops around here and there, but it's mostly like on this kind of Island. Like, so right now we're doing a, I think it's a 10,000 square foot deck. And Oh my God, getting the material here is, uh, I mean, even the houses we built three houses in the past a uh, year and a half. And um, there's definitely a lot of, times where like you get a time where you're like we ran out of material and that becomes like a huge issue because often you make the call and like the order won't be ready for another week or two and then that's when we have to subcontract a lot of like side jobs and such so then when you go into town you have to charge like a pretty good amount for delivery as well because you take one ferry in the morning and you're only coming back at five o'clock at night hmm because there's like, there's one ferry in between, but it's basically as soon as you get off. So right. it's a, it needs a lot of pre-organization to be able to get some work done here. You can't uh, just be like, oh, I'm going to build a house and just wing it. You need to get your stuff together and get everything in advance and make sure everything is well calculated. For concrete and such, that's pretty great because uh, the contractor that we do work with, he has his own pump truck. He has his... Uh, Basically, he has all the material on island. 
So he does his own excavation, he does the septic fields and such, and that makes it very easy. When we do need a pump truck, we do have to have someone come off uh, from off island, but uh, our uh, contractor has one connection that he always comes when needed. So that makes things very easy as well. But for all the rest of it, electricians, plumbers, HVAC is all off from, from off island. We don't have any locals for those kind of jobs. And they must charge a lot. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, the last house we built, it was roughly 30 grand for electricians. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it gets a pretty a, price. Yeah. Um, so back to concrete, do you guys, where's the batch plant? Where's the concrete coming from? <laughs> right next to my house, basically. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a batch yeah, plant there, right we there. Have the concrete, okay. Yeah, we have the concrete yard right there where our boss makes it all up and such. And, um, for the bags, then that has to be ordered from town, obviously, but we usually have a lot of material on the island to get that done in advance. But uh, when we don't like, we don't try to have the pump truck kill them. Like we've had it for two jobs, but other than that, it's all a wheelbarrow show. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man, my back hurts. Just yeah. <laughs> the worst is falling when you got like have to like hop on top of the guy like sometimes we'll like make a bridge on top of the forms and like mm. it gets pretty sketchy and like sometimes mm. you fall sometimes you slip sometimes oh, and yeah. it gets so frustrating oh yeah <laughs> it's that and like you know there's no forklift or anything like that on the island as well so like when you're doing a two-story house it's all hand lifted and such like everything's lifted by hand it's a lot of physical work compared to living like in the city yeah, that is a lot of extra work. My first few places were like that just because yeah. I was alone pretty much. But then I bought <laughs> then I bought a telehandler and those yeah. are so nice. Oh, <laughs> those yeah. are luxurious. We go to the city and we're like looking at the job sites, we're like, it would be nice. <laughs> yeah, the only thing is once you get one, then you just want one that has a bigger stick on it. You want it to be go further and further and further. There's always yeah. it always leaves you wanting something more. So when you go to the store, when you, as a woman, go to the hardware store and are obviously in the trades, um, how is that for you compared to, you know, a dude just walking in? Obviously, like, they kind of look at you like, where it's like, you know what you're talking about? And like, obviously, you get that a little bit more. But honestly, as my experience on Vancouver Island, I it, the treatment's not the same as elsewhere. Like I lived on the mainlands, and you just get stared like you're an alien everywhere you go. Like just like dressed up as in the trades. But like in Victoria, BC, honestly, I think it's probably one of the best places that I have been for like treatment towards women. As mm -hmm. odd as that sounds, mm -hmm. I don't know why. I I do know there's a larger women to men ratio, and I don't know if that makes people more sensitive to the subject or something. There is a lot more women in trades as well. Um, I've been on a few job sites where you can get up to like 10 women on a job site and it's amazing. It's mm. absolutely amazing. It's not something I've ever seen elsewhere. So I think it's really cool. And I think it makes people just be more adjusted to it, which is nice. That's good. That's encouraging to hear. Uh, cause it's not, it's not what you hear all every time. No, it definitely, um, like I've done some work with my brothers back in, uh, Ontario and Ottawa actually. And there's a little bit more women there now, but when the first time I tried it out, which was 
six years ago. I wasn't in construction that much yet, but I just went and did a small job with my brother and I got out of the truck and I literally felt like an alien that got out of a spaceship or something. <laughs> like people are just looking like, and it gets pretty frustrating. It gets absolutely frustrated. Like already just in a situation, like, I feel like even if you're not a woman, just being watched of all, like every move you do is what gets really uncomfortable, I find. Whereas like I worked on one job, so I really had the four second rule. So basically anyone who's staring at a girl for more than four seconds can literally get signed off. That's crazy that they have to have and, and uh, even talk about it. Mm-hmm. It was in the site orientation and everything. And like, wow. obviously like when the site orientation came, I was the only girl on that job site. So it's like, as much as they're trying to address everyone, they're like kind of staring right at you. Yeah. Like, hey. Hey, cool. I feel super safe, but you guys are really right now passing that four second rule. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it definitely gets different, but working with my partner definitely makes it better. I'm not going to lie. Like often when you don't find it, when you find yourself being with someone all the time, people will often try to like, they see that person as your protector, whether it's your boss or your coworker, just anyone in general, like they kind of keep the more of their distance wherever you're a woman just kind of doing your thing alone, like walking across the job site alone, then it's like suddenly everyone just gives themselves permission to be like, oh, look, it's a female. Just gets really awkward. That's a good way to put it, that they give themselves permission because it's, they don't have permission. Yeah. I used to like walk around with my head down for sure, just to avoid that eye contact. But if anything that I've learned is if you just stare right back at them, they're going to feel really uncomfortable and they're just going to stop. <laughs> like, it's just something you need to learn. It's like those high you walk around with your head up. Like you just got to show them that's like, I got as much as a place here as you do. And if not more, so don't piss me off because I'll do something about it. At this point, I've had reported people. I've had one and seen the site supervisor telling someone's causing an issue and I used to not do it because I was like so scared that I would be okay. That girl who's complaining too much, that girl who's trying to make a scene about something that used to like get me in the back of my head so much. So I just always get my mouth shut. And then when I started talking, like speaking up, then I realized I'm like, why haven't I done this before? And now it's just like, there's so many situations where I look back on, I'm like, why didn't I do anything about that? And I regret it so much. So when someone asked me like, okay, this guy did this certain thing. Should I speak up or should I keep my mouth shut? It's like, speak up, speak up because they're never going to stop if you don't. What, what would you say you need to be taken seriously as a woman in trades? So that's actually it. Like the more confident you feel and the more that you show people that if they do something that you feel empowered to make them stop, it seems like they won't put themselves in that situation. And as soon as you walk on the site and you act like you know what you're doing and you don't keep your head down, people aren't as much going to assume that you can do it. Everyone makes mistakes. And like if even the older guys make mistakes and it's just absolutely normal, whether it's a bad day, it's just something the first time you did it for, like, how are you going to know if you can do it or not, if you don't give it a try? And the thing is, it's like, yeah, if you feel embarrassed and you feel like other people are going to judge, if they judge, you really just need to tell them off. Like, you just tell them to back up. Like, 
it's just part of life. And if someone acts like they never messed up, well, it's definitely BS. Like, it's definitely not true. Everyone's messed up before. What is your, what would you be your uh, advice to young women who might be considering going into the trades? Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. The money's worth it. The experience is worth it. And honestly, the role that you're building is 100% worth it. Don't ever let anyone tell you that you can do it because if you want to, then there's nothing else stopping you. Nothing other than negativity. What's your advice for men in the trades out there? Give everyone a chance, including yourself. Respect everyone, whether it's a woman, whether it's a guy, whether it's a younger person and a transsexual a homosexual respect people like you would want to be respected honestly that's the best i can say because guys are so mean to each other on sites it's true it's so sad <laughs> even between trades like when the electricians and the plumbers and the like carpenters all get along it's awesome it's just absolutely awesome like you get into the house and you're just happy to see everyone it just makes everything so much better like Drink your coffee a bit together in the morning and like chill all together at lunch, have beers after work. It's, I think honestly, like crew morale is number one. And especially when you're working in these secluded areas, because you can feel so alone when you're living in places that you don't know anybody. So yeah, crew morale is number one. It is very important. I definitely came up in the, it, my comeuppance in the trades was pretty brutal. The things I saw people do to each other, getting yelled at all the time. And, and, and it, it wasn't, it didn't feel good to go to the job site. And now I agree, like having that groove between you and your subs and everybody getting along, enjoying each other. It makes all the difference. It makes it so fun to build. And it does. And why not love it? Why not love going to the to the buildings you're building? You know. And like one thing that we do out here is, I mean, like after work, like we've had barbecues with like all of the trades in the house because we build customs. That's like really what we do. So like, there's definitely a lot of communication. Like, um, not last summer, the summer before, we had a massive '90s party with just like everyone. And it was really fun. It was just after work on a Friday out of everyone's time. Everyone brought some food and everyone just really funky. And I broke my knee that night. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> um, good times. <laughs> Don't sleep okay. when you're drunk, people. Okay. The 90s doesn't seem like that long ago to me. And I, I can't imagine that we could actually be having 90s parties already. Okay. So... I don't know how people dressed at a 90s party. I'm probably still wearing the same socks I was wearing in the 90s. So I don't know what's going on here. I'm going to 95. <laughs> what? Oh, man. Uh, I just remember a lot of flannel. Okay, I, I, okay. See, I basically went through my mom's pictures and got some styles out of that. I had, like, good, like, baggy track pants and then a black turtleneck with a purple fanny pack and okay. uh, some bright pink lipstick and a side ponytail. Okay. Yeah, okay. that was yep. my style. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a good one. 
Yeah, I probably would have fit right in there. I wouldn't have had to dress up or anything. I just would have put <laughs> the same clothes I've been wearing all the time. <laughs> That's great. I like so. it. <laughs> all right, great. Now I now I'm dated. Okay, so let's go back to your how you guys are doing your work. Um, you are going to get licensed, but right now you're on a payroll, and then you're you're subbing out. How does how does the subbing out work if you're not licensed? So basically, as I was saying, what you would have to do is that you do need a work safe number and such. For certain jobs, you definitely need a license for, but you need a contractor for that. I am planning, actually, that's one of my future goals. I do want to become a licensed contractor, which is uh, I've been looking into lately, which would be really interesting. But other before then, you do need a contractor for um basically let's say things that are like additional like if you're adding to a house so let's say we're doing a balcony if you're doing just a deck repair and the deck is staying as is then that's fine but if you're starting to add a new deck then there has to be a license for it which you need a contractor to apply for so that's like uh, so homeowners can apply for that license which is what they would do in those kind of cases so like uh yeah, so that's usually how we go down. And then for certain companies, if we're going to be working them for a while, and depending on how it goes, if they're the one organizing everything out of the lumber and stuff, then we go on payroll, and that usually makes the things a lot easier. And I was saying, um, I think in the near future, we will be starting off our own company. And when you start your own company, are you going to be generals, or are you going to do framing subcontracting only or what what do you kind of envision for that company and we really like doing the exterior finishing as well and also the concrete so we'd probably be doing those three things so from concrete to outdoor finishing uh to start off but as i was saying i really would like to go get my general contact uh, contracting license in the near future um i've definitely been looking into that and it's something that i'll probably definitely be getting onto. And do you, and this is a pretty realistic thing you guys are going to do in the next couple of years. Absolutely. So my boyfriend, he, fiance, sorry, he actually has 15 years of experience in the field. So mm. he's had a company in the past, but um, when he moved out West, he was kind of looking to get the weight off of his shoulders. So he, like he had a, his old crew and stuff, but like kind of dropped that to the side and just wanted to live life, which is like what we're doing together. Where like, that's why we haven't done it yet. We just, we really like our weekends off. We really like our nights off. We really like taking advantage of life. And we're not really that ready to get too serious on those kind of things. But we are getting there for sure. It's just, yeah. in the end, it's so much more money when you're working on your own account. So why not? When we start off our own company, I'm really, we've never like had another guy subcontract with us. But when we're going to start off our own company, like I said, I I think it really will depend. Like, obviously, if we're taking on these big mansions, then you got to be realistic. If you want to have a proper deadline for the client and such, you need to hire that extra hand. You can't be unrealistic. You can't be like, oh, I can do everything alone. Like, okay, yes, you can, but be realistic. Mm -hmm. Extra hands is always useful. And like having people help you is always nice. Even just having an extra labor sometimes, just like, come and help you get things organized, like get the tools ready in the morning, bring the lumber, pick stuff up. Like those little guys are really important too. 
I guess like as working like in small towns, it's really easy to find work just because people know who you are. So they just suddenly contact you. Right. Yeah. But like working in bigger areas, like I'm like kind of curious on how people find really good jobs where like when you're just a beginning like company that just began and like, you know, you don't have like a lot of like references, I, I guess I can say, how do you get company like our, I would say individual people, because like I said, we're definitely going to be building custom homes. How do you gain a tr- the trust of these customers without being an older company? That's a, that's a really good question. One of the greatest free tools is a Google My Business page. And so, you know, when you do an internet search, Google will have a listing of, of many companies. Yeah. And if you, if, if you put your company in there, you get your clients to put reviews on there and Google will instantly start indexing anything related to your, to your website, to that listing, Instagram, and you, you rank higher when you have reviews. So, you know, one of my key things is, is, has been, if I have a good relationship with a client, I text them, will you do me a favor? And of course they're like, sure. (laughs) And then I'm like, will you leave a, will you leave a review for me? And they're like, oh yeah, not everybody wants to do stuff like that, but uh, when they do, it makes a huge difference. And it's almost better than word of mouth in a way. some people have said to me, oh, you know, I read all these reviews and I know five of the people like I, I know five people who have given you five star reviews. How could I even, you know, not consider Hesitate. working with you? Yeah. yeah. So, so I think that's a really big one is getting some reviews out there right away. Okay. Um, as soon as, and you, it can be clients you're working with now. It can be anybody you've worked with in the past. They'll write that review for you. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. That's a big one. Cause, because when I started out, everybody was like, oh, it's all word of mouth. It's all word of mouth. And I was like, you know, social media was taking off. I, I put a lot of time into Facebook, which I don't put any time into anymore. But and it was nothing. It was a big nothing burger for so long. And then one day it totally clicked. And it turned it did. It turned into a lot of tire kickers, but it was a lot of leads. Yeah. And you obviously know how to harness the power of social media. For the past month, I don't know what happened. It just kind of like boosted up there. So I'm really happy about that, which I'm kind of hoping to maybe use in my advantage when I do start my own company, which my fingers crossed will be very soon. But yeah, I'm hoping like, you know, that's why I try to like share our work and stuff like that. And obviously the only downside to that is when you're doing custom homes, there is some people who have privacy issues. Absolutely. You're living like living in these private places and they're like, I rather not it being published. I don't want people knowing that this is here, those kind of things. So you got to be really careful with those kind of stuff too. So yeah, I don't know at what extent I'll be able to use social media, but uh, hopefully it will be good. I'm hoping it will be greatly in my advantage. And especially yeah. I do think I have a lot of followers from Vancouver Island and the West coast. So Maybe they'll be able to see me. <laughs> you can talk to your clients about how you'd present information or yes. you don't have to put locations. You don't have to put anything would identify it as being in mm-hmm. a certain place. Um, but a lot of what you can do too, and, and you kind of already do this, is just like talking to people and encouraging people to be in the trades. That alone is a 
is a great driver because potential clients see that they see that you're open. They see that you want the world to be a different thing than it is. And Mm -hmm. it draws people in. It it really makes people like see that you, you care about something beyond yourself. Like, honestly, like the clients that we have worked with so far, like they are so amazing. Honestly, that is probably the biggest part where I am so happy that I'm not doing multifamily homes anymore and stuff like that because being able to actually work on a house and meet the person that's going to be living in that house is so, so different. Like, they appreciate you. Obviously, there's some of them that are a little harder than others, but there's some of them that are just the best people ever. And like, you know, they like seeing women in construction. They like, it almost seems like, you know, they're proud to say that there's a woman that built their house and stuff. Our, uh, the last house that we built, our client, um, she bought me and my boyfriend, fiance now, uh, an engagement gift, just for an example. I was like, oh, wow, thank you so much. And like, as soon as it started raining, um, they were living in a camper on the site. As soon as it started raining, the wife would always come outside and bring some coffee and bring some little treats and stuff like that every single day. And like, there's some, it's just so appreciated. It's not things you see on big job sites. It's like, maybe your boss is going to bring you a coffee, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. And I think you take a lot more pride in your work too, when you do know the family that's going to live in there, because like, I mean, for biggest thing, I mean, they know that you built it. So like, if you do a crappy job, like that reflects on what kind of worker you are. So yeah, I think it definitely taught me to like take more time and just make everything more precise. And like, even when it's framing, like when you're doing uh, like the multifamily homes, it's more of a production thing, right? Less of a quality thing. So like, you know, if there's an eighth myth missing on your stud and like a quarter missing on your joints, people don't care, which is kind of gross. Like, you know, it catches your eye when you walk into a building where like, when you frame in a custom home, like everything is prestige and like, it's amazing. I love it. I absolutely love it. Like if you have OCD, it like tickles in it all the right ways. <laughs> and I definitely have OCD. So it's, uh, it's satisfying. Cool. Yeah. By my, my old foreman's a rough framer at the core and we yeah, had a rough framing as a yeah, good word. For yeah. It. My, and then I hired a guy who was pretty much a perfectionist finished carpenter and we were, framing up, <laughs> we were framing up a spec house for me. And those two, they just be looking at each other. Like you need what? to find a balance where yeah. it's like, okay, you need to hurry up, but you still need to do nice work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, when uh, they start counting like 32s on a stud, then it's like, Okay, you need to calm down just a tiny bit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like when you start skipping for like quarters, and it's like, okay, no, this is not working. <laughs> Definitely. Oh. And yeah. and when you guys are considering this business, are you like working on a business name and logo and all that stuff yet? Uh, we haven't gotten on the logo yet, and the names like we thought of like uh, SD Construction, so it'd be like Sash and Derek Construction, or like. Uh, maybe with our initials of last names i've like had thought of like he's actually threw out like you know ideas like women in construction just like stuff like that but then it always comes to the back of my mind it's like okay well what how weird would it be to work for a company that's like men in construction so i'm like i'm not gonna do that like i uh-huh. wouldn't feel comfortable working for a company for men who do it like why would i do it as a woman or like 
you know, just a female based company. It's not that I don't support that. But then if a guy would say, oh, I have a man based company, then they'd be considered sexist. Mm. So I think it's hard to find the balance. Like I said, I'm not opposed to the women who do it because there is definitely a lot of companies who do it. And I see where they're coming from, where they want to build that safe place. But my goal is more to be like, see each other as equals, see each other like you're a woman, you're a guy. Yes. But you guys can totally work together. You guys can totally make this work and you can still treat him like a man and you can still treat her like a woman, but it does not mean that you guys can't get the job done. So there's some way, like, we do want to have the name, like, I thought I pulled out the other day, Equality Construction, mm. where it's like, okay, you know, where everyone's equal, like, just everyone, like, I don't want someone to feel uncomfortable. And like, I'm often talking about um, women in construction, but then I had a comment the other day where someone's like, well, how about the transgenders? And I kind of felt bad that I never really actually opened up to that because I didn't even ever think of putting myself in their shoes where I'm like, wow, like it's hard to be a woman, but imagine being a transgender. I mean, we had a safety guy on a job site who was a homosexual and he was the coolest safety guy ever. Like, you know, he was the one who would put like, you know, he would help us with the braces. He would help us put guardrails and stuff like that. You know, when we didn't have time to take care of the safety issues, he would go and help us like, he was amazing, but there was obviously like the nasty comments that you would hear people saying about him. It's like, no, like this shouldn't be going on anymore. Like people should just be able to go at a job and be who they are. Like if you're working in an office or something like that, or Walmart is a stupid example, you're a woman and you can put on makeup and you can look like whatever you want. You're not going to go to work and be told that you're looking for attention. But if you're a woman or anything else, or going on a job site and do makeup or if you dress nicer than another one you're looking for attention i don't want people to feel that way so like i'm definitely going to aim the name of my company where it attracts people to be like okay this is somewhere i'm going to feel comfortable this is a place where i'm going to feel safe i love that name i think that's a Thank you. I think <laughs> all I, right good it's nice yeah, have feedback I'm, on it yeah i'm i am i am totally behind that name that is awesome do cool. it that's a great name okay copyright uh, here people no, don't steal my company yeah, it's, name. It's, no it it it's a statement it's and cool. that's very meaningful and and talk we're still talking about women in trades instead of why isn't it just people in trades right right i mean that's i that's why I, i'm stammering trying to get out how to say it right but it's always been there my whole life, the glass ceiling, all these things. And it feels like the change has been very slow. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like in the past two years, though, I don't know why in these past few years, I don't know if it's the community from social media or what, but I feel like it's blown up. Like there's I'm looking on social media now and like all these girls, like I have great community on my Instagram where we all talk to each other. I'm like, Oh my God, like, look at all of us. Like we are all here and like, we all go through the same stuff. And yeah, we are like behind our screens, going home every night thinking that we are alone in these shoes. It's like, but we're not, we just can't find each other for some odd reason. But I feel like as we are finding each other, there's more girls where it's like, I get messages where it's like, Hey, I've seen you be like 
you know, very feminine and you're in construction. And like, I've been inspired. I just signed myself up for trade schools. And like, I'm not going to lie. That definitely kind of hits the heart when I get those kind of messages. I almost get like all teary eyed and everything. Like it's a great time. Like when I was younger, I was a little bit girlier and my brothers and such, even then, like, like you're not going to like it. You're going to break in half. There's a sheet of plywood that's going to fall on you. And I'm going to have to call mom and say that you broke and like these kind of things. No sheet of plywood that fell on me yet. And I am not broken in half. So it's like all those mentalities when you're growing up, you're like, oh, okay, maybe they're right. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. But I weigh 120 pounds and I'm five foot six. It's you can do it. Anyone can do it. Like there's ways, like even if you're not, not strong enough, you can figure out a way of doing the job in a different way with what others do. Like there's some things that like my partner will try to teach me to do it in his way, but he's a lot stronger than me. He's a bigger guy. And I have accepted that. But you have to put that mindset where it's like, okay, this needs to be done. There is a way that I can do it. You just got to figure it out. So you're like, sometimes cutting a skill, like cutting a sheet of plywood while it's standing. I used to have a hard time holding the skill saw sideways like this. And like, it would hurt my wrist. So there was ways that like, I had placed myself in 10 different ways one time to try to figure out how I'm going to cut a straight line on a straight line on this plywood. But I can do it now. I figured it out. there's ways it's all about technique and I think like being able to show women those techniques and like kind of letting them know like hey I'm a small girl I used to work in administration I used to do payroll and financing for a grocery store before I got into trade so it's like anyone could do it you don't need the experience you don't need someone to teach you you can just do it and like a lot of people don't like the school part where like so like sometimes some people don't want to go to school and I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to do it. So I started off as a laborer and I didn't know nothing. In Ottawa, we started off as you work with a chainsaw and a pass load. So I would cut ridge blocks and plywood and that was it for like a year. Just ridge blocks and plywood and pass it up. That was, we, I was doing trusses. Like basically like that's all we would do is put in trusses, leave, trusses, leave, trusses, mm. leave. So it was like repetitive work, but you watch people like let's say passing up a sheet of plywood I used to think it was so hard but then I was working with my brother at the time one day he took the time to teach me on like it was actually pretty easy and you get stronger and stronger and like obviously sometimes you're gonna drop the sheet on your foot you're gonna have bruises on your thighs like but it's part of the learning curve and like one day like you end up just throwing the sheet up and it feels really good it feels really nice to be like I did it I did it. (laughs) Like, and you become like super childish and like that little feminine part of you kind of like gets out, but like the guys end up getting used to it too. And they end up like appreciating that like woman environment. Like it makes, I've been told like by some people that it's more comforting. People are less aggressive when there's a woman around the house and stuff like that. We're like, sometimes you're like, oh yeah, they're acting differently because I'm there, but can't always see as a bad thing. Like it's sometimes it's a good thing. Like I've stopped trying to be one of the boys. Like, okay, yeah, I'm one of the boys, like where I want guys to feel comfortable, but it's like, I'm a girl. Okay, guys, like that's it. I am a girl. I'm going to be a girl. I'm going to act like a girl. It's part of life. You can't just become someone else, but just because I act like a girl doesn't mean I can't get the job done. It's something a lot of people need to learn. They do. 
It's like, just because we have kids, it doesn't mean we can't build houses either. (laughs) We can do it all. (laughs) Right. And you do do it all. So things are changing. So I'll, I'll, I'll take my statement. Um, And that is very encouraging. And I'm really happy to see that. There's a lot of women talking about just being yourself and not worrying what everyone else thinks and post pictures of your work and post pictures of what you're proud of. And, and I'm very encouraged. And I feel when other people see other people feel more comfortable, they feel more comfortable. So that's why it's good to post your mistakes, post, like share when you're angry, share when you're emotional, like it's okay to not be okay. You know, it's like something that like I've read around that like I hear and it's like, yes, it's completely okay to have those bad days where like sometimes you go to work and you have so much on your mind and like, it's not, sometimes it is about work, but sometimes it's not. And those days you are going to mess up. Like I have my days where my mind is completely elsewhere and I hear five eights and I come out with three eights and all these kind of little mistakes that it piles up on your emotions you get angry at yourself and you're so hard hard on yourself start swearing yourself start getting angry and that's when like you have to like take a moment and be like shit okay i need to breathe like okay like it's okay i need to take my time like and like in bc so they started this thing where now everyone for every small company has five days sick leave paid sick leave Everyone in every single business, that is the new rule in BC. And I think it's a beautiful thing because you need mental health days sometimes. Like sometimes it's not even safe for you to go to work when you are going through too much. Like you need your mind there, but like it need people need to stop feeling like it's not okay to not be there. You know, like they need to feel that comfortability of being like, okay, it's completely normal. I need a mental health day. And I did work with a company before that um they were completely open with mental health days which was the first time i'd ever seen that like we would have these morning powwows that they would call them and in the morning like you know we would talk and like figure everything out and like sometimes be like okay dot 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 took a mental health day he's gone surfing like right (laughs) he's got that okay but some people need that form of therapy where you just kind of like like reset your brain and then you come back to work the next day you're like okay today is going to be better today work's going to be awesome and you just get a refresh Mm -hmm. like a a lot of people don't feel that way which is just it piles up it piles up and when it gets piled up it gets nasty they get nasty with the people at work and it just makes it unfun for everyone that's a great observation and, and it's it's just wisdom that you're you're sharing right now it's super important and as a, as a business owner, uh, I have to admit that when I started, I was definitely not paying attention to my workers' mental health. Mm-hmm. I was unstable myself. Well, you get put into this mindset as well. And I find like, there's a lot of old timers where, you know, you get told no crying on the job site, no complaining mm-hmm. on the job site, no this, mm-hmm. no that. Like they will tell you to shut up, like take your bullshit somewhere else. I'm sorry for my language. Like, Yep. but they're no, rough true. they're cruel they do like they would show that you don't care and when they say that's like well i'm trying to toughen you up it's like i don't need you to toughen me up i don't need that it's like telling someone to toughen up it's just like basically telling them to shut up and keep them promising themselves until it's like too late and they break down and it, i don't know like yeah, if you think- can help someone in those situations help them like 
don't make the situation worse. I think a lot of times those for those kinds of folks, it's a that's an outcrying of their own that yes. they, they actually need someone to tell them it's OK. I'm going to, you know, be boring and go back to the business stuff because because you did mention <laughs> some stuff. <laughs> so when you start your business. You say you've got you've got payroll experience, you've got some, you know, a lot of the office side already. Yes. But you're going to be busy during the day. Are you going to farm that out to someone else or are you going to do it? Are you going to work nights and days? I think that will probably be, I'll probably work nights and days. And honestly, I'll probably be able to like, uh, between my partner and I, like there's a lot of stuff that he's able to manage alone. And we'll probably be able to find a proper balance with that. Like eventually, obviously we're going to have other employees and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I probably will like, you know, to file taxes and stuff like that. I'll probably definitely have like an accountant and stuff, but like for bookkeeping and such, I'll probably take care of that myself. And even for like filing the taxes and whatnot, like I'll probably eventually take it on myself. I mean, you save so much money by not paying someone to do it. And if you can do it yourself, why not? I mean, like we do want kids in the future as well. So like that will be my uh, little side job when things get boring at home. (laughs) It's like, that's like one rule that we've kind of said is when the time does come, I'm not taking the chance at work. Like I'll probably like get off of work pretty early throughout the maternity when that time comes. So yeah, I'll just get on the books probably and do some little projects at home mm-hmm. or building benches or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. see myself being able to sit at home for too long though. Like right. Idle two, hands. three days Idle. of that work long weekend sometimes if we don't get out of the house it's like okay this is boring (laughs) so i'm not sure (laughs) let's do a little speed round here okay favorite tool brand or actual tool tool chop saw (laughs) most useful tool skill saw the where have you been on the oh are you second guess the skill saw hammer Hammer and chain. Okay. I should have said okay. hammer and chain. <laughs> <laughs> Skill cells are useless if you don't have those two. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, they yeah, you need it. You gotta, it all starts with the tape. Um, but okay, your where have you been all my life tool? My stiletto. Mm. It was my long-term dream of having a stiletto when I started. <laughs> like, oh, I have really small wrists. So like, it was mm. such a game changer to go from my little DeWalt hammer to my stiletto. It was like a dream come true. My partner bought it for me for my birthday and it was the best birthday present. <laughs> I, I like how your swing changed when you were talking that through. I, uh, <laughs> I wish. You go I wish. like that, do like that. <laughs> um, okay. Oh. Now, now let's get personal. Best joke. Oh. oh, yeah. Best joke? Yeah. Oh, see, we speak in French at work. <laughs> um, oh, it would be so inappropriate. Oh. <laughs> if I say it in French, will it count? Uh, sure. Uh, so, passe-moi une plaine, plaine comme une pute. <laughs> French people are going to be like... I'm just going to remain oblivious and naive to this okay um okay best best worksite snack uh watermelon best worksite jams old school hip-hop oh like uh i like cypress hill 
I mm. definitely like the Cypress Hill. Um, Tupac, Biggie, anything, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, you just, like, put on Spotify, like, 90s hip-hop, like, 90s playlists. Even, like, when you get, like, to R&B with some Mariah Carey on there, some of the mm -hmm. guys appreciate it sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I also really like French rap with my boyfriend, so that's really different. Some people are just, like, when they start digging it. <laughs> so, yeah. I, man, it's kind of hard for the best played in jams, though, because, like, kind of depends on people's vibe. You also have to, like, respect what people listen to as well, like, don't play hip hop when the clients are around people. Don't do that. <laughs> I don't think oh, everybody, it. everybody loves hip hop now. Everybody. Does. I, yeah. I, I just can't believe that that hip hop is so old now. You know, that I was listening <laughs> to Public Enemy 30 years ago. I just can't believe it. Oh, uh, music yeah, before I'm, I even existed. Yeah, I'm. Yep. I am. I am. I'm down with old school hip hop. I built my first two places listening to old school hip hop, mostly public nice. Is there anything else you want to tell the world? Keep compassionate people. <laughs> and then are you going to come back on to the podcast in a couple of years and tell us about your new business? I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you being here so much. Um, do you think the people out there should, should write us a review? Yes, please. I really want to know what everyone thinks of this. <laughs> You hear that, people? So get on iTunes or your podcast app, write a review. You can also write one on my website, but hit the Apple first if you get if you have the if you have the ability. And you can check out Sasha's work and what she's got going on, her message to the world at Sasha the Carpenter on Instagram. Thanks so much for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Hey, I want to give a shout out to my friend Mimi Hill. For all your support in the podcast, being a great friend, and all of your great suggestions for other podcasts. Thank you, my friend. If you enjoyed the show, learned something, or experienced affirmation about what you're doing, leave a comment or a review on iTunes, on the podcast app on your phone, or on my website, thecontractinghandbook.com. Wherever you listen, please subscribe to help get the show to more people like you. Remember, the work we leave behind us is our legacy, wherever we are in the world. Find me, Mike Kenoki, K-N-O-C-H-E, on LinkedIn, Instagram, at The Contracting Handbook, where there's always a conversation. Follow me on Twitter, and don't forget about the Hammer app for tradespeople. Also, if you found value in the content and feel like making a contribution for production, go to my Venmo account, Mike Kenoki one all right, that's all I got.